Hello and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies with your speaker, Chris McCann. If you'd like more information or to hear more studies, visit our website at www.ebiblefellowship.com. And now, with your evening Bible study, here's Chris McCann. Good evening and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Bible Study in the Book of Revelation. Tonight is study number 18 of Revelation chapter 16. We're going to be reading verses 15 and 16. Revelation 16 verse 15 says, Behold, I come as a thief. Blessed is he that watcheth and keepeth his garments, lest he walk naked and they see his shame. And he gathered them together into a place called, in the Hebrew tongue, Armageddon. Well, we were discussing last time the Lord Jesus coming as a thief in the night. And we saw that God has given us a biblical example of exactly what it means for Christ to come as a thief in the night. Because Jesus warned the churches in Revelation 3, in, in verse 3, and he said, Watch, if you do not watch, I will come upon thee as a thief. Um, Revelation 3, verse 3, Remember therefore how thou hast received and heard, and hold fast and repent. If therefore thou shalt not watch, I will come on thee as a thief, and thou shalt not know what hour I will come upon thee. And and this was addressed to all the churches, as each one of the seven addresses in Revelation 2 and 3, ultimately is addressed to all the churches. And God was warning them, Watch, or I will come, and you will not know what hour, which means... He will come in judgment, and that's exactly what happened. Christ came in judgment at the appointed time for judgment when it began at the house of God. And we know from the Bible, from the biblical calendar of history, that May 21, 1988 was the beginning of the judgment on the churches and congregations. It continued for 23 exact years until... May 21, 2011. And during that time, Christ was judging the church. And he stole their blessings. He came as a thief. He robbed the churches. He removed salvation from them. And they were not aware. They they didn't realize what had happened. And from that, we learn what it means for Jesus to come as a thief in the night. It means he comes in judgment truly, and and it's an awful judgment, yet a spiritual judgment that, that cannot be seen with the physical eye, as the people of the churches and congregations did not recognize the judgment even when it was upon them. And, and it's such a terrible judgment, yet an invisible judgment, a spiritual judgment, that they cannot perceive it. It takes spiritual eyes to see and to understand, and and even until this very day, the churches are populated all over the earth with people who do not have eyes to see the nature of the judgment upon them. And that's exactly how 
Christ comes in the day of the Lord. In the day of judgment, he comes as a thief in the night. And 1 Thessalonians 5 um, revealed to us that he comes with an unawares destruction or a not seen destruction. In other words, an invisible spiritual judgment comes upon the world just as it did upon the church. And this agrees with Jeremiah chapter 25 where God lays out his overall final judgment plan for the church and for the world. And he speaks of his judgment as a cup of wrath and he says first he will give the cup to the city called by his name. Then he will not allow the nations to go unpunished but will surely punish them. And he gives the cup of his wrath to the nations. And we can see from that that the judgment given to the church is a cup of wrath. And then the judgment given to the world is the identical cup of wrath. There is no change. There, there is no switching of any kind. And so we would expect the nature and type of judgment coming on the church is the, the same type of judgment coming on the world. And that is exactly what God did. And he, he brought a spiritual judgment. He shut the door of heaven. He put out the light of the gospel. He dried up the gospel water all over the earth spiritually. And, and therefore the world does not perceive it because they're in darkness. They have no spiritual sight. And the church does not perceive it because they're in darkness. They have no spiritual sight. Only God's elect have eyes in their head in that sense. They only can discern time and judgment. They only understand. The wise will understand, but none of the wicked understand. And and that's exactly the situation and, and spiritual condition that the world is in at this time, as we are living on the earth in the day of judgment. And, and bringing about a spiritual judgment allowed God to accomplish other purposes, such as trying and testing his people, which he couldn't do if, if it were a physical judgment, a physical earthquake. Everyone would know if it was a worldwide earthquake. Well, that uh, May 21 was Judgment Day, and even the people of the world, they, they could recognize something like that. And, and, and therefore, it, it would not be a sufficient test. But bring a spiritual judgment and, and thereby bring to pass what God said he would bring to pass, the appointed day of judgment for the unsafe people of the world, yet he could continue to try the professed true believers, those that proclaim these things and and severely try them in the same spiritual fire that is punishing the unsafe people of the world, and he could apply the the spiritual flames in a sense to all those that that uh, say they are his people to see whether they're gold silver precious stones or wood hay stubble and so forth it it really um demonstrates the wisdom of god to 
bring about Judgment Day in the way that he has. Okay, well, here in Revelation 16, verse 15, it says, Behold, I come as a thief. Blessed is he that watcheth and keepeth his garments, lest he walk naked and they see his shame. And in this statement, God is indicating that the ones watching will keep their garments, and uh, blessed is he that watcheth and keepeth his garments, lest, that is, if he did not watch, he would not keep his garments, uh, or the garments would not be kept. And if the garments were not kept, then um, he would walk naked, and people, they would, would see his shame. And this is indicating that watching relates to salvation. And and of course it does. Remember what we read in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. In 1 Thessalonians 5, in that passage, speaking of Christ coming as a thief in the night, and it says in verse 4, But ye, brethren, are not in darkness, that that day should overtake you as a thief. You are all the children of light and the children of the day. We are not of the night nor of darkness. Therefore, let us not sleep as do others, but let us watch and be sober. You see, since we are children of the light, children of Christ... We're children of the day, again, children of Christ, and and we're not of darkness, so we don't sleep as others do, but let us watch and be sober. Watching is a result of being a child of the day and a child of the light or of being saved. Because God has saved us, we will watch, and the watch will be performed in the Word of God, we will keep lookout in the Bible, studying the Bible, searching the Scriptures, and and when God brings forth information, checking it out to see if it's so. This is the nature of His people. And the people of God are made watchmen through the Spirit of God. And so God saves us, causes us to be watchmen, and... And since we're saved at the proper time and season, we do watch, and and then God brings forth all the wonderful information that had been sealed up the time during the time um, uh, throughout history in the Bible. All sorts of things were sealed up, and at the time of the end, they're unsealed, and God gives them to His people. He opens their understanding to these things. And now they understand, and they've been watching. They've been watching because they have light um, within. They are enlightened in their minds through the Spirit of God, and 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 so they're they they are like the five wise virgins that have oil in their lamps. The oil represents the Holy Spirit. The lamp is the Bible, and because they have oil. The Holy Spirit enlightens the the Bible, and they can see. The foolish virgins have lamps also, 
They have Bibles, but they have no oil in their vessels to light their lamps. They have no Holy Spirit. And uh, really, it always comes down to that. Why do the wise understand, but none of the wicked understand? Oil, the Holy Spirit, enlightens the minds of the people of God, those that are not wise but the foolish, the wicked, do not have the Holy Spirit. And and so that leaves them in darkness, leaves them in a spiritual sleeping condition, and and therefore they um, they do not watch, they cannot watch, and and since they cannot watch, well what is what does Christ say? I come as a thief. Blessed is he that watcheth and keepeth his garments. But they cannot watch. They they are not equipped. They're not qualified by the Spirit of God. And, and therefore, when they hear the church age is over, it just doesn't make any sense to them. You're, you're talking about uh, Matthew 24, and let those in Judea flee to the mountains. What does that have to do with anything? Or you're, you're telling me about the book of Jeremiah and God's command to go into Babylon into captivity relates to coming out of the church and it makes no sense to my natural mind because uh, I, I don't understand those kinds of things without the Spirit of God illuminating my understanding and again the people of God, though, understand. Oh, Christ spoke in parables, and and these are historical parables in the book of Jeremiah, and God is put, using that figure in Matthew 24 of fleeing Judea and so forth. It, it, God opens up and reveals the the understanding of his word, the methodology that he used to write the Bible, the parabolic nature of the scriptures, all these things are revealed to the children of God and yet kept back either in whole or in part to those that are not the children of God so they cannot watch and since they cannot watch they cannot keep their garments and it's just like that man in another sense at the wedding feast when the king came in and inspected the guests, and there was there a man that had not on a wedding garment. He he did not have the proper attire, and that attire is the righteousness of the Lord Jesus Christ. That is the garment that is lacking with those that that God has not saved, as we read in uh, Isaiah sixty-one and verse ten. I will greatly rejoice in Jehovah. My soul shall be joyful in my God, for he has clothed me with the garments of salvation. He has covered me with the robe of righteousness as a bridegroom, decketh himself with ornaments, and as a bride adorneth herself with her jewels. So the garments of salvation and the robe of righteousness, that that's the idea, that's what's in view here. Uh, concerning these garments that the one watching is able to keep all because, again, he is or she is saved by the grace of God and that salvation leads them to watch. But to those that are not saved, 
they are not led to watch, they fail to watch, and and therefore they cannot keep their garment, their garments of salvation, their garments of the righteousness of Christ, and that leaves them spiritually naked. They have no covering for their sin. They have no cloak. They, they, they are um, uh, naked and all their iniquities and sins and transgressions are naked and open unto the eyes of God with whom they have to do. And that spiritual nakedness, to have all of your sins exposed before holy God, righteous God, perfect God, who whose word says, if you offend in one point, you're guilty of all. Well, that spiritual nakedness brings shame. It brings shame uh, because the, the law of God condemns our sin. And it, it's the shame that the Lord Jesus Christ experienced when he was bearing the sins of his people. And remember, when Christ uh, was going to the cross, we read in Matthew chapter 27, in verse 35, it says, And they crucified him, and parted his garments, casting lots, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the prophet. They parted my garments among them, and upon my vesture did they cast lots. Now there's a spiritual uh, dimension to that, that the uh, Roman soldiers that were crucifying Christ, they received a piece of garment of from the Lord by lot, and and spiritually that would point to us as as we receive covering or or Christ's garment through His crucifixion, through His death, dying for the sins of His people, which He accomplished when he paid for sins from the foundation of the world and demonstrated at the cross. It's as though our sins are covered as we take his garment. But but also in taking Christ's garments and parting them among them, they left Jesus naked. Jesus went to the cross naked. And and the Bible says uh, whoever hangs on a tree is accursed. And more than that, we're told in Hebrews chapter 12, as Christ is accursed, as he's naked, hanging on the tree, it says in Hebrews 12, uh, God is addressing each one of us in uh, verse 1, Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight, and the sin which does so easily beset us. And let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. So the Lord Jesus Christ endured the cross although he despised the shame of it, and that's why he was made naked, because the whole thing was was a shame to him. He had become 
sin for us and and from the point of the world's foundation all of the sins of the elect the the enormous multitude of sins can you imagine the the degree the weight of that burden of guilt and shame and and an ugly uh, filthiness if uh, he's he's bearing one individual's sins it, it would be uh, like a mountain but he's bearing the sins of all those that God would save and it could be as many as 200 million individuals and how many sins has each individual sinned well uh, each one of us can testify it's just um, an untold number of transgressions against the law of God and all of them all the sins of all the elect that would ever be born and every sin they would ever commit, that whole enormous mountain of iniquity was laid upon him and he became sin for us and God saw our sin as Christ bore it and punished him and and smote him to death and destroyed him and killed him for our sake because of our sin and that was a huge shame to the Lord Jesus Christ as he in a sense became naked with our iniquity before God and and God saw it all and all things were naked and open unto the eyes of God's wrath and God poured out the cup of his wrath and punished the Lord Jesus Christ unto death, and he died uh, despising the shame, enduring the cross, enduring the curse, but despising the shame of it. And and that's what God is saying here in Revelation sixteen fifteen that lest he walk naked and they see his shame. It's a shameful thing to be a sinner, to have your sins upon yourself, to, especially in the day of judgment, because God is looking and seeing the sins of every individual, every unsaved person. They are open to his sight, and God is presently, actively punishing each one with his wrath, and and uh, even though it's a spiritual wrath and they cannot uh, perhaps perceive it, yet God is still punishing them. And and uh, th- this is the uh, terrible situation that this verse is telling us of. Now I just want to go to one other verse back in Revelation 3, in verse 18. It says, I counsel thee to buy of me gold tried in the fire, that thou mayest be rich, and white raiment, that thou mayest be clothed, and that the shame of thy nakedness do not appear, and anoint thine eyes with eyesalve, that thou mayest see. And you see, if we're, if we have that white raiment, which is the righteousness of Christ, if we're clothed with the covering that he has provided for sin, then the shame 
of our nakedness does not appear. God doesn't see our our naked condition. He sees that covering. He sees what Christ has done for us. He sees that pure, holy garment, all in white, like the bride uh, walking down the aisle in that a beautiful white wedding dress, uh, and and that is how God sees the bride of Christ, the purity of all of His people. He He does not see a spot nor a blemish, but He sees perfection, perfect holiness, perfect spiritual cleanliness in all of the saints of God. Thanks for joining us for eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies. You can hear these studies Monday through Friday over PalTalk, Skype, eBible Fellowship's webcast audio, or over your phone. For more information or to hear other studies, visit www.ebiblefellowship.com. Until our next study, may the Lord's perfect will be done.